Let's get into another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Time now for our monthly preview show. Uh, monthly is just such a weird concept now. I'm so used to these weekly podcasts. You know, what is yeah. this monthly <laughs> business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, delighted as always to be joined by Keith, Roddy, Keelan. So what we're going to be doing is going through um, the solicitations for December 2019. These are titles that are going to be released in February 2020. Ah, geez, 2020. Um, <laughs> this might be a slightly interesting podcast. It'll be slightly different to our normal um, previews podcast. Traditionally, we would have the books in front of us. We'd have a flick through them. We'd probably bore you for five minutes here, five minutes there as we flick through books. But what we've actually done this time, slight alteration to the format just because these two fine gentlemen across from me, Roddy and Keith, are going on well-deserved breaks. But we wanted to make sure we, we still recorded the podcast, got that information out for you guys. Um, so we, we went online, we checked the solicitations, I looked at DCs, I looked at Marvels. What I will say is maybe once the previous books come in, there might be the odd extra indie title we might have missed that mm. you know, we'll maybe chat about mm-hmm. in store and stuff, or maybe even throw into one of the weekly you know, reviews podcasts. But uh, for now, we, we went through the books. Um, general impressions are definitely mixed. Uh, I thought the books were strong, but that's because there's a lot of good DC stuff. Whereas I thought January's DC was very weak, mm. um, and I thought Marvel's January was very strong, but for me is a little weaker here. General impressions. Yeah, I sort of initially looking through stuff. It could just be because we don't have the books sitting in front of us, so we don't have the ease of access. Although what I would say, I usually look up the solicitations on Newsarama anyway when I'm in work. You'll mm-hmm. usually have a scroll through the day but before we do the podcast work these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, a bit, I'm injured, I'm broken, mortally fall, wounded, like with this apart. broken wrist. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought initially I was like, oh, it's a bit slim pickings for me. I have no interest in a lot of. There's a lot of ongoing stuff that I've that I've not really picked up on. There's another deceased, which um was something I didn't really whoa, get. Whoa, whoa, spoilers. What? Well, what spoilers for what's coming out here? Oh, right. that's my well, pick. That was <laughs> <laughs> that's my pick, son. New format. Oh. Roddy's just going to read off this. <laughs> Are you nightwinging it again? Yeah, <laughs> I might be. Um, so there's a lot of ongoing stuff, a lot of sequels <laughs> to things. We could just start again, Alan. If you no, want. No, uh, no. I feel. I feel, no, I, I feel people should get the unedited, unedited, unadulterated version yeah. of our podcast. So well, that's fine. There you go. I um, I assume people follow Tom Taylor, so they know it's coming. Um, so there's a lot of Marvel stuff. We know there's continuing things. There's big events. Yeah, I've scundered myself here. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, why don't you give us our impressions while your impressions while uh, Roddy composes himself? I thought that I agree with Roddy. Certainly, his initial. Uh, I thought that 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 it's looking a lot lighter on the ground than. Uh, in the past couple of months in fact quite sparse there wasn't anything that was really jumping out at me probably as a result of the fact there's a bunch of continuing series and they're really yeah. jumping on points um, but yeah I mean that's the first it's the first uh, month in a long time that I haven't uh, pegged something from Image for example mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was it was fairly uh, it was it was fairly slim pickings as Roddy rightly put it with regard to to the Marvel side of the uh, side of the store um you know we've got sort of the continuing uh, the continuing X stuff uh, coming out the back of uh, 
the, the House of X, Powers of X, and the Dawn of X stuff. Um, you know, we're going to have uh, another number one launching out of that. Uh, there's also uh, some some mini series kicking off. Um, and as I say, those continuing ongoings. A lot of the Dawn of X titles are hitting number seven or number eight in February. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's uh, obviously in line with um, in line with. Uh, with the Disney Plus, the upcoming Disney Plus release, there's a, there's a Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, five issue kicking off by, by Derek Landy and uh, Federico Vincentini. Um, and by 2020, will Disney Plus be a thing in our lovely well, I country? I think March 2020 is... Oh, really? Yeah, it's either oh, February yeah. or March, yeah. Uh, he'll finally be able to watch The Mandalorian. Donny Cates will be uh, three issues into his new Thor run. Uh, we're going to see how that's going. And, uh, wow. Uh, the the on the on the sort of um, mini series or event side of Marvel, that's we're we're we'll be a month into Iron Man twenty twenty, the long legendary, long awaited Iron Man twenty twenty. <laughs> Hype for a has year. Finally, has finally yeah. approached. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Slott, Christopher Sketch, and uh, Pete Woods uh, on that. Um, and the the True Believers uh, titles, you know, the Pound uh, titles and. In February will all be Iron Man 2020, 2020 related. You know how they're normally themed, yeah, uh, around a certain thing. So, uh, so that'll be that'll be that. Um, there's a, a Gwen Stacy number one launching. Um, Spoilers, please. So <laughs> you did it to me. Too. No, you're gonna yeah. lose your. You're gonna lose your. So, uh, so I spoil for Roddy, for Keith, and Keith <laughs> spo- and you can spoil for me, Alan. Yeah. But I mean, we're right at the back of we're oh, at the yeah. back of. Uh, of absolute carnage right at the back of uh, the 2099 stuff at this stage yeah. so it does feel uh, like kind of the calm before the next wave of events and new releases yeah but I think that's series. that's a good opportunity for something to come maybe it'll be word of mouth with this sort of stuff and especially like the indie titles maybe something will just come along and blow us away but we just can't see it from previews you know yeah so hopefully hopefully that happens you know yeah I mean you're talking about, about we talked a wee bit about seeing previews you know that what we see in previews is a wee bit out of context mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. context of, of, of the continuing uh, bits and pieces that are that are happening but yeah I mean there's there's plenty going on just not a lot really jumping out yeah I yeah. would say I know you seem to pick yours pretty easily as well Kill. Well, I mean we know why half <laughs> of my have, picks does it, does it really Superman? count <laughs> if how, many, guess how many times does the, the word Superman appear in your your uh only two, but three out of, of three of out of five. There we go. But three of the titles <laughs> do have an S on the cover, so there may I be mean, a link there. Believe it or not, looking at all of mine, there's one Batman. Oh dear! It's not a competition, but if it was, <laughs> I'd be winning. Well, I say one Batman, but he's on the cover of another. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we uh, we went through the previews as best we could as online, just again to get this out before the guys go away. We did manage to uh, pair it all down to five each. So what we'll do is we'll go around the table, uh, we'll choose one at a time, we'll leave our favourite one for the month or the one we're most looking forward to. We'll leave that to last. Uh, I'll also read out some of Vicky's picks as well. Um, she picked a, she picked some good ones this month, I have to say. Um, the first one Vicky picked out, um, just to kick us off, is Wolverine number one. Um, now the one of the reasons I'm I'm looking forward to this as well. I nearly put up mine, but Vicky's a fan of Wolverine and the fan and the way I'm a fan of Batman. Like this, is her favorite character, 
Um, he's back at a new ongoing. It's going to be Benjamin Percy on writing duties and Andy Q, uh, sorry, Adam Kubert on uh, art. But what's interesting about this is um, this is actually going to tie into the Dawn of X stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the little blurb for it is Wolverine 1 will kick off in February following Wolverine as he takes it upon himself to defend the new nation of Krakoa from the humans who would exploit its extraordinary researches, uh, resources. Sorry. And this is interesting because this moves on from that whole um, thing Wolverine's been saying where, you know, when you feel safe, you get soft. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is very much him being the protector almost of Krakoa, while a lot of the other mutants maybe enjoy sort of how laid back they and how safe they feel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, any nation is going to need its protectors and clearly Wolverine's taking this upon uh, himself. I think it's only right. As Keith said, Keith has said many times before, the X-Men are now at the forefront of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So I think it's only right that Wolverine should be there too yeah. in like mm-hmm. his ongoing series, you know? Well, it's interesting because he seems to pop up in nearly every single yeah. X-Men, <laughs> even if it's just quickly. But uh, no, I'll, I'll look forward to that as well. I mean, uh, and this is like the first time Wolverine has had an ongoing in a long time where he hasn't been old. Yeah. He hasn't been old man Logan. Um, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. you had the uh, you t- a couple of miniseries by Charles Soule, Death and then Return of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're exactly right, Roddy. Uh, and the way that it's going, Wolverine as a, needs a standalone single issue, you know, a new series front and centre. And For someone like me, I... I'm more DC guy Wolverine the, the, I knew he died because it was in the news and stuff how was it that he was brought back is it the main universe Wolverine is the alternate universe Wolverine no this is our Wolverine this is it's our Wolverine 616. he's, he's, okay. he's back um, so he is uh, there was a Charles Soule pen series called The Return of Wolverine yeah, uh, which followed Charles Soule's death of Wolverine yeah. uh, it was pretty interesting so it's a really well written some interesting concepts still not sure why Wolverine had burning hot cloths uh, he did I remember that being a thing uh, but uh, they seem to be gone now um, it's, <laughs> it doesn't it's it's uh, here we are it's post house of X post Dawn of yeah. X uh, or sorry post uh, powers of X uh, Benjamin Percy is the writer on X Force yeah um, he's been a writer on Deathstroke for a long time with DC he did that Wolverine the Long Night yeah the adaptation of the podcast, podcast. yeah um, Adam Kubert Adam Kubert doesn't need any uh, introduction like he's <laughs> a, a legend um, so yeah. from a family of legends from a family of legends yes quite yeah. isn't it as Nandy his brother and then Joe Kubert was their father it's very much a legacy family mm-hmm. when it comes to this medium we all love I mean no pressure when you meet up but Christmas the <laughs> so what have you done what have you done they're both graduates of their dad's school, my bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also Joe Kubert's dad, so. Um, I am interested I to see. I don't think he said much okay. about Christmas dinner. <laughs> I'm interested to see what an adamantium variant cover is. It does say here there's an asterisk, asterisk and it yes. does say not actually made of adamantium. <laughs> but it'll probably I'm be shiny. It'll probably be shiny, so Alan the court will probably want it. Um, yeah, so that was uh, one of Vicky's picks. Uh, my first pick I'm going to throw out there is a DC book. Surprise, surprise. What could it be? Um, well, the first one I'm going to throw out there is it's a one-shot. DC do, um, I personally think, really great anthologies um, based around holidays. You know, we, we talked recently about Secrets of Sinister House. Um, there was the, the wonderfully titled Curse Comics Cavalcade. So the, those were our Halloween ones. But there's one coming out soon called New Year's Evil, which is going to be their New Year's Eve one. Um, they've got one coming out in February called Crimes of Passion, which is going to be an 80-page giant. Um, it's got some great uh, 
writers and artists on there. James Tinian's going to be in there. Steve Orlando, Greg Smallwood, Riley Rossmo. Lovely cover by Yasmin Putri as uh, Batman seems to walk down an alleyway and see Nightwing cavorting with uh, Catwoman. <laughs> as jewels and money falls out of her rucksack. And she seems to be in her wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> she does, indeed. I mean, floozy, I tell you. Maybe we don't want Dick Grayson getting his memory back. I trust this DC Crimes of Passion is a Valentine's Day related. Yeah, that's it. So out in February. Um, but in the same vein as last year's Mysteries in Love and Space. Yeah. But what's interesting about it as well is it is Valentine's, but it looks to have a very noir element to yeah, it. The, which the cover is right out of crime noir isn't it, it looks like something you would have seen in yeah. one of those like sort of crime magazines of the 40s yeah. or something you know uh, so a little blurb is passion betrayal and murder when you're a private investigator these are things you experience daily but when you add capes to the mix like Batman Catwoman and Harley Quinn things get even messier the name's Slam Bradley and I'm telling you that this year's Valentine's Day special has more intrigue than you can shake a stick at ten tales of love the kind of love that can push people over the edge don't miss it or I'll make you pay Wow. <laughs> I mean anyone who's listened to this podcast before they know I'm a big fan of Criminal big fan of Ed Brubaker's noir stuff uh, this just sounds right up my alley um, you know when you're, if you're getting the Valentine's Day one I don't just want lovey dovey type stuff you know this sort of noir femme fatales all that kind of stuff so uh, is yeah. that kind of bad form to associate Batman with alleys <laughs> well you know the worst thing that ever happened to Bruce Wayne was in an alleyway and here he is seeing his closest friend and uh, his well, his wife, I suppose, at this point, or maybe she will be at this point. I don't know. Um, it's for Tinian to decide. Yeah, that is for Tinian to decide. But yeah, that's uh, Crimes of Passion number one. Uh, that's out on February fifth, and again is DC's um, February anthology. Sweet. So that's my first pick. How about yourself, Gil? Uh, my recommendation is I'm recommending an old comic. It's the Flash one two three Facsimile edition. So it's the first introduction of the concept of the multiverse, the Flash Two Worlds, Jay Garrick and Barry Allen. Is that that classic cover where they're both running towards yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Fantino, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, and Joe Gillia. Sorry, the interior art is Carmen Fantino mm-hmm. and Joe Gillia, the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just got it because it's it introduced something that became very core to both Marvel and DC was the multiverse. It let them introduce Different versions let them do things a little differently at the DC well, that's the crux of too. Crisis of Multiple Earths and Crisis of yeah. Multiverse. And, um, it, know, let, it let Marvel develop their ultimate universe, Miles Morales. Plus, uh, my little brother actually loves the facsimile editions. He just, I've got him pretty much as many as I could. He just loves the old cheesiness of them, so it's down there for There's one for me and one for him going as well. Cool. But yeah. The old cheesiness, be. you mean that classic storytelling? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, same thing. Silver Age of his best, does he mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My little brother, he's a massive Flash fan, so I had to put it on this for him. Nice one. So, yeah, those facsimiles have been great so far. I mean, they've, um, they've done obviously a lot of Batman stuff, a lot of Superman yeah. stuff. Um, I think it is a proper facsimile release as well. Yeah. It's not like a dollar comic or a tribute. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to credit Marvel for these ones. They started doing them first, doing facsimiles for Amazing Fantasy, mm-hmm. doing facsimiles for Incredible Hulk number one, things like that. And you know the the facsimiles have proven a little controversial to some people most notably Keith's favourite person Dan DeDio who hates Nightwing but he also hates facsimiles because he says people shouldn't be buying more of these old comics than they should of new comics but 
No harder than the deal. I wasn't about when Flash 1, 2, 3 came yeah. out. It's a wee bit hard to get and to nor, copy it. Nor do you want to have to spend 100 or 200 pounds exactly. buying it. So I think the facsimiles are great and they sell really well in the store. People love that little yeah. slice of nostalgia. It's just something nice to have. So, yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So that is uh, the Flash 1, Flash 2, 3 facsimile. Yeah. Go ahead, Roddy. Give us, a, uh, give us one of yours. Yeah, I'll hit you up with an indie title first of all. <gasps> um, I know, shocking. So we were saying, <laughs> shocking. So we were saying, there's, you know, like I think it's over to all the s- smaller so-called indie titles to really, you can step up here. We've seen what Boom have done recently. We've seen what a few other people have done. Um, Scout Comics have done some yeah, good stuff. Yeah, there's loads of good Bolt. loads of good stuff around. Um and Dark Horse have been mm-hmm. the, I know they've been doing their sort of they've had their own mini series, but there's also been Burger Books that have had original mini series, which is an imprint by legendary Vertigo editor Karen Berger. Uh this one is called Tomorrow and it's written by Peter Milligan who you might well know from Ecstatics. Uh, yeah, Ecstatics was the and book that that X-Force evolved into um, it was a style of book that I really I really wasn't into but uh, it was very very popular mm. and I think he did Shade the Changing Man he's which done some uh, good stuff there just looking up there he succeeded Grant Morrison on Animal Man for a six issue run he uh, wrote Detective Comics for a while he's written Hellblazer he's written he launched the Electra series um, mm. yeah he's done a Bit of everything there, and yeah, X Force Ecstatics, yeah. Cool. And uh, the artist is his is Hervas, who's done work on the Sons of Anarchy comics and also Penny Dreadful as well. Then you've got James Devlin on colors. This one stood out to me because I've had a few of the Burger books now, and they've some some you know haven't been so good. Invisible Kingdom, yeah, it was it was an intense read, but I didn't really fancy jumping on the second uh, arc. The second one. Uh, but the girl in the bay was utterly fantastic so I thought this one sounded very good Uh, when a Russian computer virus jumps the species barrier and wipes out most of the adult population the world falls precariously into the hands of the next generation in the wake of the devastation musical prodigy Oscar Fuentes is separated from his twin sister Sierra without the support of each other and stranded on opposite sides of the country they're swept into rapidly evolving networks of gangs can Oscar find his way back to Sierra or will they be lost to each other forever in a dangerous makeshift civilization that is mercilessly replacing the past so um, I think Jesus was interviewed here and he's obviously worked with Peter Milligan before um, so they've worked together and it seems like a team that uh, Burger Books are happy with really love the cover of it too so looks like it might have a lot of um, political re- relevance with um, a lot of younger people taking over the country so I'm really excited for that the arts, the art preview looks great too Yeah. so I'm excited for that one uh, first one from me um, dipping into the Marvel pool uh, so we've got uh, I guess if you think back to the first issue of House of X do you remember uh, that scene where the X-Men were chasing uh, Mystique's team consisting of Sabretooth and uh, Toad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they came face to face with uh, Marvel's first family the Fantastic Four um, 
you remember? Do you remember the exchange that Cyclops had with him, where yeah. effectively he said that Sabretooth is a citizen of Krakoa, he's a mutant, therefore he's under my jurisdiction. He's ours, leave him alone. Yeah, basically. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, effectively there was some territorial uh, lines drawn there, and the parting shot that uh, Cyclops had was effectively Krakoa is the uh, home for all mutants, so Franklin is welcome to come home anytime he wants. Mm. Uh, which you obviously to sue and read that. Yeah, say to someone's parents, it's yeah. yeah. So that's where that seed, you know, that's where the seeds were planted. So Fantastic Four, X Men's X Men, Fantastic Four, number one of four, by uh, everybody's favorite writer Chip Zdarsky and uh, Terry Dodson, who uh, is well known uh, for uh, teaming up with his anchor wife Rachel. Um, but uh, Terry has been the regular penciler on. Uh, Generation X, um, Harley Quinn, Spider Man, the Black Cat. He's done some work with Mark Miller. He's done he's done Spider Man, uh, Marvel for Marvel Knights, Uncanny X Men, Defenders, Avengers and X Men, some Star Wars stuff. Ever I mean he's he's been all over the he's been all over the board really as a as a as a penciler. Um, on this occasion he's not teamed with Rachel. Um, she isn't inking this series. So first two issues of four are out. Uh, are out in um, February 5th for issue 1 there yeah that's it and uh, I guess 2 weeks later probably and is that a brand new Cerebro on the cover that does look like uh, Charles on the cover alright uh, on one of the covers the Dodson cover Storm Charles uh, Sue Franklin and uh, Kate Pride yeah um, wow. but yeah so it says uh Krakoa, every mutant or every mutant on Earth lives there except for one. But now it's time for Franklin Richards to come home. It's the X Men versus the Fantastic Four, and nothing, nothing will, of course, ever be the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the tagline for every uh, yeah yeah blurb, and, blurb and, uh, and the second issue seems to feature uh, the true master of the world, Doom. Yeah, so, I really like that logo design as well, and implementing the four and the yeah, that's yeah, that's class. it's a very clean looking cover. It is, and yeah, Dodson yeah, art. yeah. Um, well, the, yeah, the, the the Dodson covers are are very, as you say, clean looking. It's very classic yeah. Terry Dodson. I really love the way that same with the House House of X stuff and even the new uh, X Men stuff. The logos don't take up the entire yeah. rectangle yeah. at the top. Leave, leave like room the, way, for the art. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you had me there as soon as you said Zdarsky. So yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so that's a that's a four issue uh, job and. I'd say that'll be that'll be fun. That, that whenever Marvel's first family and Marvel's mutant family intersect, it usually has a bit of fun. They have yeah. done a number of times over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, again, we're just seeing the uh, we're just seeing the the, the 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 flower, the fruit ripening from the seed that that uh, Hickman planted in the very first issue of House of X One. Mm. So already, you know, Zdarsky's picking up some threads there. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a whole load of threads tagged. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'd say we'll be picking up some of those for years to come. Yeah, Alan. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, that was uh, X Men and Fantastic Four for issue miniseries. So uh, I'll throw another one of Vicky's ones out there. Um, we've been talking a little bit about Simon Spurrier. Um, he is the new Hellblazer writer. He's been helping Shepard in the Sandman universe books at DC. Um, and again, we talk a lot about following creators as much as anything. And Simonsburg is doing a new boom title. Uh, there's that company again. Uh, called Alienated. Uh, this is going to be a six-issue miniseries. 
uh, written by Simon Spur, art uncovered by Chris Wildgoose, someone I'm not overly familiar with, but someone who might come up later, no. Um, <laughs> the reason I was saying that is he did the art for DC do this range of sort of teen graphic novels, and there's one called Batman Nightwalker that just recently oh, came out, okay. um, but Roddy has something I know he, he picked out, I was thinking it was related to that. But uh, yeah, so acclaimed writer Simon Spurrier and artist Chris Wildgoose present a subversive coming-of-age story about having all the power to change the world but the unready hands to truly wield it. Three teenagers, each an outcast in their own way, stumble upon an unearthly entity as it's born. As they bond over this shared secret and the creature's incredible abilities, it becomes clear to the teenagers that their cute little pet is a super predator in the making and it's in need of prey. Guided by the best intentions of first, the teen's decisions soon become corrupted by adolescent desires, small-town jealousies, and internal rivalries, sending them into a catastrophic spiral of their own making. Um, so yeah, that sounds fun to me. Uh, Simon Spurrier, again, digging what he's doing at the moment. Really looking forward to Hellblazer number one after that one shot. Uh, and again, boom, at the moment, sort of don't seem to be doing much wrong so with their... That'll, uh, that'll be turned into an ongoing yeah. once the first <laughs> issue hits. <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to be wrong there. Um, the next one I'll jump onto, this is the one Batman title I recommend this month I mean obviously there'll be ongoings and all the rest but there's going to be an issue if you listen to our pre, uh, sorry, our review show from uh, the week of releases November 20th I talked at length, we all talked at length about Batman 83 and the death of Alfred and all this kind of stuff so there's a, a one shot coming out called Batman Pennyworth R.I.P um, it's written by James Tinian and Peter J. Tomasi so again what this shows is um, Tinian is not moving away from King's run, he's not completely just redoing it, um, he is going to actually acknowledge stuff that happened there uh, there's a couple of different artists on there Eddie Barrows, Iber Ferreira beautiful, beautiful cover by Lee Weeks someone I'm a, a fan of, worked with King a few times through his Batman run uh, so yeah, so this is a one shot out February 12th Alfred Pennyworth served the Wayne family for decades, even though the tragic loss, even through the tragic loss of Bruce Wayne's parents, his death at the hands of Bane is the only event that could possibly compare to that fateful night in Crime Alley, and it leaves Bruce at a similar crossroads. If Alfred was the glue that held the Bat family together, how will Batman deal with that all falling apart? And if the Cape Crusader is to be truly alone, he might either hang that cape up once and for all, or double down and carry on with his vengeful quest forever. Batman Pennyworth R.I.P. number one celebrates the life of one of the most important people in the history of Gotham City while also addressing questions about what's next. Uh, yeah, that, that's actually very close to being my pick of the month, mm. uh, I have to say. But That'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, very interesting, because just as this came out, I got the notification that Tinian's next uh, newsletter was released, and it is more relevant to his, bat, as he calls it, his little header for it is his Batmanery. Mm-hmm. He's not. He hasn't given anything away because he said he's not spoiling King's yeah. finale, but he's hinting towards what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And this makes me wonder as well. You know, with uh, with the hopeful return of uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing, will he be very will he serve as? Well, no. I mean, uh, obviously, Alfred meant as much to, yeah. to Dick Grayson as he did to, to Bruce Wayne. You know, he, he more or less yeah. raised him he to his head. He raised Dick while Bruce was uh, jumping uh, off rooftops. Yeah, so it's. Uh, <laughs> How's that going to impact you know, Dick whenever yeah. he comes back? You know, so so, so is when when is um, Tom King's Batman done? December eighteenth. 
the biggest date in the history of comics this year. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, December 18th, you've got Keen's last issue, you've got Aaron's last Keen Thor issue, you've got the last issue of Harleen, you've got the last issue of Doomsday Clock, you've got the next issue of Joker Killer Smile. Yeah, it's just one thing after another. December 18th is massive. Um, That'll be a fun reviews. Uh, yeah <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> let's see a bit scheduling that around Christmas <laughs> uh, but yeah I think the pre-orders in this will be big I think anybody on Batman this will this will prove essential and will also be hopefully a great um, a great example of what Tinian's doing and what he's yeah. doing moving forward with the title as well cover. yeah I mean Lee Weeks is someone he, he did the Batman armor fud with uh, mm-hmm. Tom Keane and he's done a few issues um, so yeah, and Peter J. Tomasi a steady hand to, yeah. to co-write it with him. So, yeah, that's Batman Pennyworth, R.I.P. numero uno. How about you, Kill? Uh, my second pick is something I've been waiting for for a long time, to the point where I got impatient and stole someone else's issues. It is Die, Volume 2, so the second trade, uh, Split the Party. We don't advocate stealing on the podcast. Borrowed. <laughs> no, no, no. They were real issues. <laughs> Someone else paid for them. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. They were returned yeah. to the rightful owner. Yeah. I think possibly at one point before he had read them, but still. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's issue six to ten of Die the Second Arc split the party and just without going into detail because we do review it when they come out. It's just been great. It continues to be great and. I read it originally. The first, I got the first issue one to five in trade format because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm sort of caught up with it, the temptation to go on single issues is just fighting against my what need to have. No, I need to have number one on the shelf, number two on the shelf, not number yep. one single issues, number three single issues. Yeah. So thankfully, um, Kieran is on diet at the minute, so. It's, it's keeping me going but yeah definitely Like even before I was on this podcast the amount of recommendations for this it hasn't eased off nope. it's still still fantastic Kieran Gillian and Stephanie Hans are just that it's one hell of a team mm-hmm. and is my favourite indie series to date yeah I mean Die continues to be one of the biggest sellers in the store it's one of those ones again we try to make sure it's on the shelves at all times you know we have created a wee podcast section in the in the store um so stuff we talk about on here recommend a lot um and die will always be on that shelf because every time it's in previews we talk about it every time there's a review show we talk about it uh yeah die well, every just, time a trade comes out i'm going to talk about it Die's just a great great example yeah. of the comic and uh yeah like, i so. haven't read an issue yet that i've been disappointed there's been issues i've had to go back and reread again because i finished it and just going like hang on i haven't a clue what's going on yeah, I still love it. I don't know what's well, happening. Certainly with that arc, I think that'll actually work really well in trade because split the party. It seems to focus on different characters. Yeah, every issue. and it's that they do very much follow the theme of that arc. And most of the party are either off doing their own things in smaller groups, mm-hmm. very separate stories. And it'll be interesting to see how they come back together. Yeah, no, I'd say that'll be a big uh, yeah. pre-order uh, one as well. So that's Die Volume Two: Split the Party. Uh, it's going to collect issues 6 till 10 6 to 10 how about yourself Raleigh what's next up uh, I got a quite an interesting one here um, this one is from Boom again but this one is from the Archaea imprint mm-hmm. uh, it's an original graphic novel called We Serve the People My Mother's Stories About Growing Up in 1960s China so 
obviously a very I would say a, it's a non-fiction book it's um, by a cartoonist called M.A. Burrell and obviously as the title suggests it's about her mother's stories of growing up in China in the mid 1960s if you don't know Chairman Mao uh, founder of the People's Republic of China we'll not get into it in the mid 1960s he uh, sort of installed this thing called the Great Leap Forward which was the transition of China from a agricultural mm-hmm. economy to a very much industrial, industrial economy yeah, yeah. Uh, so like this a, like a technological and societal leap complete shift yeah, yeah. Um, so that it sounds like it reminds me of the, the Tato Rambo book I reviewed a couple of weeks ago it's um, not it's part of history that I'm not too familiar with. Or like I know mm-hmm. a little bit about it, but this this is like a very personal viewpoint. So I'd be really interested in reading yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the blurb is in China, an entire generation's most formative years took place in remote rural areas, when city kids were sent to the countryside to become rusticated youth, and to partake in Mao's mandated Great Leap Forward. Obviously, China was a communist society, so. In an inspiring tale, M.A.'s mother, Yuan Yeping, recounts how she ended up as one of the few truck-driving women during the up, the up to, ugh, sorry, the up to the mountains and down to the countryside movement, which sought to increase agricultural outreach and spur social and ideological change amongst the youth. Um, I'd advise you to have a wee look at this. I love it. I love love her art. Um, really stunning colors and it's kind of cartoony vibe but and I'm sure that'll contrast with the enormous political yeah, and it might personal be an stuff thing. yeah so you can see it yeah you gotta there. see that beautiful cover where they all yeah. look happy and smiling it's really um, <laughs> propaganda it looks very much like a government issued poster yeah it's like look, everything's great with everything's this new fine. idea just don't look at this bit mm. but yeah um just says Burrell's stunning illustrations honor her mother's courage, strength, and determination during a decade of tremendous political upheaval, and introduces us to a young woman in a new era of self-discovery. So yeah, that sounds class. Um, I'm I'm always about books about history. Um, the one thing is, it's an advanced solicit for April, ah, so they always get you with that. And I yeah. thought I'd, I thought I would leave it to the there's, end. Uh, there's a couple of really great uh, trades in the previous book for Marvel. Uh, some great uh, X trades, and I had the same thing. I was like, oh, March 2020 solicit. Bummer. <laughs> Save that for next yeah, month. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So that is uh, we serve the people. Original graphic novel. As Roddy says, it's a, an advanced solicit, but this, that does mean the pre-orders are open still. Yeah. It uh, just yeah. obviously means it's a little bit down the line. Um, yeah, Keith? A wee dip into the DC pool from me with uh, Leviathan Dawn Number 1 by Brian Michael Bendis and art and cover by the sublime Alex Malieve. Um So obviously this spins out of the Event Leviathan miniseries that recently finished. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'll not give away uh, anything here, but you know, uh, Leviathan has arrived. We now know who the leader of Leviathan mm-hmm. is. His face was revealed, and the plans of uh, Leviathan are known. And uh, I mean, part of that miniseries was the destruction of all of the intelligent and esp- intelligence and espionage organizations of the DC universe, and the idea that the truth, the truth will out. You know that that, that everyone should know the truth about everything. Um, so in some ways you can't really you can't think of Leviathan as a villain 
you know there, there, yeah it's this weird yeah. middle ground where everyone's yeah. going to have something that you know he's got a good point with yeah. that and that is exactly what this is about it's now time for the heroes to fight back but how do they fight back because Leviathan has changed the rules um, and now it's time for the biggest players to get together and figure out <coughs> the strategy in this new world with these new rules mm. um, so it's I mean, going to be interesting yeah. to see if Leviathan Dawn obviously because his big push on transparency and making how it interacts with because obviously it's both written by Bendis, Superman, the Truth story. Yeah, so no, and I think I think you're exactly. I think there's going to be a lot of intertwining for that. Well, there already is. It's in the name, isn't yeah. it? You know, and it would be interesting to see uh, what you McCuller, um, ah, Jesus, Suicide Squad's leader, Amanda, Amanda Waller. You know, she's going to be in there, and Tally Al Ghul's probably going to be in the mix there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so we're just looking at the cover though, and it's. Beautiful. Oh, it's stunning, mean, isn't it? Alex Maleev is. It's it look like it's a large chessboard almost. Yeah. You know, you can see Superman's head land there in a broken yeah. piece. You can see Wonder Woman is definitely that looks like the ship. Do you John Oh, he would. Yeah. He would. <laughs> I do yeah. like the way in the little blurb for it. It says it's an extra sized super spy yarn. Yeah. You know, it's almost like it's all this really serious stuff, and it's like, oh, we're just spinning a yarn. Yeah. Come on board, guys. Um, yeah, forty-eight page, uh, four dollar ninety-nine one shot. Um, from the Eisner Award-winning team of Bendis and Malif. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm curious to jump further into Leviathan. I I'm with Keith. I enjoyed about Leviathan. Um, I know a yeah. few people have had a couple issues with it, but I I thought it was great. I thought it, I thought it like really well, as you said, in the the Superman the action comic stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it links really well into the stuff that's going on in Lois Lane and Greg Rucka's book. You, know, you can definitely the feel truth. the uh, connections between different all series, big, but big style, yeah. not to the point where you're feeling like, "Well, hang on a second, I don't understand what's going on yeah. without reading it." Like, yeah, wrong, I will yeah, read Lois Lane at some point. I'll read Jimmy Olsen, yeah. but I never once was reading. Oh, it's got nothing to do with Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, no. he's in Gotham. <laughs> um, around. I get the feeling that this book is going to settle Leviathan into the DC landscape. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I think that <clears> this will be the, 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 the this is where they fit in sort of thing you know so so it doesn't continue beyond this one shot it will continue in the Superman books yeah yeah, yeah. and it'll not, be, it'll not be they'll not be the spotlight they'll yeah. probably be yeah. yeah I don't know but uh, I'd say this will be the settling book you know mm-hmm. this is where Leviathan is now. yeah yeah uh, yeah Jimmy Olsen is busy being in Gotham <laughs> trying to get clicks and <laughs> doing horrible things <laughs> to get those clicks and uh, currently involved in a uh, a prank war with Batman yeah because why not and it still <laughs> is one of the best books these years it's fantastic Matt Fraction um, yeah cool uh, so again I'll throw another one of Vicky's ones out there so uh, there's a brand new image number one called On the Stump uh, this is written by Chuck Brown who recently wrote a series called Bitter Root that was very well received um, joining forces with Italian artist Prenzi someone I'm not too familiar with I have to say um, it just has an example of a title they did called Hashtag Like for Like um, but yeah so On the Stump this is due out in February 19th looks like it's going to be a, a six issue mini uh, so the campaign trail is paved with blood and broken bones history diverged in 1868 when a pivotal presidential debate turned violent today elections are decided by, decided by highly publicised hand to hand combat in arenas called Stumps Unfortunately, the violence doesn't end in the ring and powerful people can still get away with murder. Senator Jack Hammer, great name, and FBI agent Annabelle Lister are teaming up to bring it all down. I would love to see like modern you know, elections held by hand-to-hand combat. Bernie Sanders would have knocked the crap out of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I get the feeling Hillary Corbin, too, maybe. Yeah. Get the feeling Corbin and take down Boris. He just run out of the ring. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it was a great, Keith didn't bring it up this time. Yeah. It was Alan. Sorry, just there was, there was a great there was a great meme after the BBC uh, Question Time uh, leaders debate. Yeah. Uh, a great meme went round as a picture of Corbyn in this fur coat that says, "I'm here to make da- jams and dams and jam and kill Tories," <laughs> and I've made my jam. <laughs> um, jumping over to my side of things, one of the ones that caught my eye. One of the things we always preach in the store is follow creators as much as you follow characters. Uh, if you find a, a writer you like or an artist you like, always look out for what they're doing next. So we recently extolled the virtues of uh, Folklords on the podcast, written by Matt Kent. He has a new title coming out through Dark Horse Comics um, in uh, February the 19th. The first issue lands. It's going to be a five-issue miniseries called Bang! Exclamation mark. Uh, artist on this is Wilfredo Torres uh, this just looks really really cool great cover Matt Kent has actually drawn himself so he has a um, best of the best secret agent with memories he couldn't possibly possess a mystery writer in her 60s who spends her retirement solving crimes a man of action with mysterious drugs that keep him ahead of a constant string of targeted disasters a seemingly omnipotent terrorist organization that might be behind it all and they're all connected to one man, a science fiction author with more information than seems possible, whose books may hold the key to either saving reality or destroying it. Interesting though, once again, we're, we've been talking about like the notion of storytelling and you know, Folklords is a good example. Yeah, and here much. they're all connected to one person who's a science fiction author. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there, there's definitely, uh, definitely a wee thread running through there. Uh, yeah, five issue miniseries for that. Again, because I love folklore so much, I'll jump straight on that with Matt Kent. And I'm actually, I do want to go back and check out some of his earlier work because I must admit I'm not too familiar with mind management. Mm. I've read one called Ether, he did. That was Dark Horse 2, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a sequel to it at the moment. But uh, yeah, that looks really cool to me. February 19th, <coughs> buying number one of five. Lovely. Kill him. Go on, give us one without Superman. In. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I've run out of my non-Supermans. Uh, so it is the second special by Bendis in reaction to the Superman Truth arc. This is Superman Villain number one, which whereas last month I think I did recommend Superman, Superman Heroes. Heroes number one. The good thing is I won't have to rub that too much off on the board. Exactly. Heroes just, to villain. just rub off Heroes <laughs> right villains. I'll even just cross it out. Yeah. Rub it off, just cross it out. But this is basically the opposite side's reaction to the revelation that Superman is Clark Kent uh, it's it's how the villains are going to react so the man of Steve's greatest villains react to the biggest news to ever rock the DC universe Lex Luthor Mongol Toyman the Joker and more of the world's greatest villains must come to grips with how the world changes now that the truth has been revealed by Superman some of the comics most unique and creative voices unite to tell a story that changes all the rules and one thing Superman's greatest villains and the Joker's in there yeah, I mean this is an all-star Emperor Joker. This is an yeah. all-star uh, Kingdom Come as well. An all-star mm-hmm. creator cast: Brian Michael Bendis, Matt Fraction, Greg Rucka. The, Rocka, the amount Major. of talent in this one. Brian obviously Hitch, it's a Steve Lieber, it's an oversized Mike issue. Yeah, um, but what I see here is I just imagine all the villains sitting around going, "Hang on a second, how, how, how did we not see that?" It's like and he, I <laughs> just imagine the, the Joker <laughs> sitting there that? with a black pen, just scribbling the glasses on the little tie, and like. Mm. Even I couldn't have come up with that. <laughs> but just like you're saying, just the sheer amount of talent 
on these two specials because these are um, I know we were saying earlier about annuals um, but these are I actually asked Bendis about this and he was polite enough to actually reply to me on Twitter that these are his ver- this is what he does basically for instead of an annual he'll write a special so there's these there I think he said they were triple sized mm, and this is they, I mean Bendis is in Superman Fraction is on Lois Lane, Rucka, or Rucka's and Lois Lane fractions on Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, it's but the that collaboration. Con- that continues into the art as well because Steve Lieber is mm-hmm. on Superman, Jimmy Olsen, Mike Perkins is the Lois Lane artist. Mm-hmm. So it's even continuing into that as well. So it's almost amalgamating those three, those three series together. Yeah. Um, Look at the cast. We have. I mean, you can see Raz Al Ghul randomly in the background. You got Deathstroke. I suppose there. that could be coming out of Batman Superman. Yeah, or true. just the Legion of Doom in general. Got Black Manta. You got Sinestro in the back. Professor Pig randomly. You know Black <laughs> Adam. You understand being there. Lex yeah. Luthor. You understand being there. Reverse Flash. Really. Brainiac. You understand being there. And obviously Lex at the front. Lex holding the glasses. And the Joker still smiling. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now he's got more fun to play with. He's more ammo. He knows Clark Kent has friends. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Does this plan change the villains' plans? Like, okay, we're going to take down Superman. This massive thing. Or we could kidnap his mates that he works with every day, or maybe just delete all the drafts that he's writing for the Daily Planet. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I can't wait for that. It's just more Bendis goodness. Yeah, well, that's it. I think if you're you've obviously listened to the previous one where Superman Heroes was there, you pick that up. You'll obviously want yeah. this. This is clearly a two-parter. Plus, it's me. Like we said, if you slap an S on it, I'll probably buy it. Yeah, I would say so. I might try and find out who the variant artist is and try and sell you that as well. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably, probably already a safe seal. Uh, yeah, Roddy, there's another one. Well, there's an S at the end of this title if you want to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there needs to be a certain S and not that. So, uh, I am going to Scout Comics. So, they, you know, they've been, they've got a few great titles coming recently and this one just really stood out to me uh, it's by Dave Chisholm who's the writer and the artist and he's a musician and so it's a new mini series from Scout and I just love I love the preview art and I love the the uh, blurb for it I was just like and then the uh, comparisons they make just made me just really want to get it so Helen wakes up on a marooned and lifeless alien planet 300 light years from Earth, with no memories beyond the hazy sense of extinction level urgency to return to Earth. Joined by Arthur, her strange robot companion, she explores the planet to find materials necessary to repair her ship. However, circumstances are not as straightforward as they seem. Along the way, Helen's most painful memories return as monstrous manifestations hell-bent on her destruction. Canopus is cast away, meets annihilation with a healthy, healthy dose of Philip K. Dick thrown in for good measure. Jesus, that, there was quite a lot of spelling mistakes in that. So, because <laughs> it's like Philip K. Dick thrown in for good measure. Um, so yeah, this one, this one looks great. Um, spelling mistakes aside. Yeah, well, this is this is from I was reading an interview. There's a really good interview with him on Graphic Policy. Um, where they interview Dave Chisholm I won't go into it but um, really excited for this um, he had a, he had another book called Instrumental um, so yeah really looking forward to it um, looks like anything that's sort of Philip K. Dick related I really like and it reminds me of a game uh, was it No Man's Sky where you like had to explore planets and it was a bit lifeless and eerie so yeah looking forward to that one and uh, Scout really been 
excited by what Scouter doing. I've had Midnight Sky recently and Red Winter and uh, like Metal Shark Bro. Just loads of really, those are really mm. cool, quirky, different indie titles. You know. With this, so, do you get a sense? Is this going to be a mini series or an ongoing, or is this another one of those? Here's a number one if you like. It. Oh, here's the graphic um, novel. No, I think this is a mini series because like um, it doesn't. Metal Shark Bro. It uh, doesn't say that. Um, those the one the metal shark bros called something bin binge imprint or something yeah yeah and it usually usually says but this one says uh an on not an ongoing a mini series yeah so yeah really i know we joked about the ass at the end of it getting me hooked on it what did get me hooked on it was the fact you it referred to no man's guy i love that game yeah and that is it good it is now unfinished and hatched wasn't it or something he just said i love that game yeah. yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know I like the Last Jedi. True, you know you've just talked Keith out of a picking up No Man's Sky there. I think I love love the art. It's just really, just really quirky yeah. and different. You know, there's going to be some crazy, crazy shit in it. So yeah, even that main character, there's kind of No Man's Sky vibes from it. You think so? Mm. Yeah. 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 Damn, I think that might be going on my list. Cool. <laughs> well, we I will always extol the virtues of indie comic books. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. What's next up for you, Keith? Uh, so for me, uh, I'm stepping into uh, the world of Dark Horse, but uh, for something just a wee bit different. Um, I am a huge fan of the Western mm-hmm. uh, as a genre, uh, particularly, I guess, uh, I just finished rewatching Deadwood. Uh, fantastic series that kicked off I guess it was one of the series that kicked off the HBO golden age of television mm. um, just watched the movie uh, and uh, there's I mean Westworld and, and a bunch of that stuff and then some of the there's some great some great western movies you know Unforgiven and uh, you know all of those and you know what why aren't people making more of them? Well, that's that's yeah. true. But it's something we get asked for in the store a lot. We have a lot of older sort of customers come in and say, "Do you have any westerns?" And you really do struggle beyond saying, "Oh, Jonah Hex over there." Yes. Well, you've got. What, didn't you recommend? Um, what's the dynamite one? Lone Ranger. Oh, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. yeah. So this is another one that will probably satisfy the need of those particular customers. Yeah. Alan. Um, and it's a trade paperback by comics legend Joe Kubert. Um, uh, I mean, uh, Joe doesn't. Joe Kubert doesn't really need any introduction. He was. Uh, I mean, he, he worked all over DC, all over Marvel. Uh, then he uh, sort of best known for Sergeant Rock and Hawkman. Um, two very very talented sons who are recognised comic book artists themselves. Uh, the the Joe Kubert School, which is. Um, which is trained in many, uh, all, many of the artists that, uh, that we know now. Um, an Eisner Award winner, a Harvey Award winner, uh, Inkwell Awards, um, you know, and as I say, just as, has, has drawn, drawn everything. Uh, passed away in 2012. But this particular book, uh, been released, been resolicited by Dark Horse, um, is Abraham Stone. And it's a, it's a Western noir trade paperback. Um, and after the murder of his family and been left for dead by robber barons, Abraham Stone travels to New York City, California, and Mexico in sort of a fresh, fresh start of life. Uh, in his travels, he gets involved in the criminal underworld, the movie business, and he becomes an ally of Poncho Villa. 
Um, <laughs> so this collects Abraham Stone graphic novels. Yeah, I guess there's a few of them. It's 152 pages. And as I say, Kubert on writing, art, and covers. And that wow. that Joe Kubert art is just fantastic on the cover yeah, of that. Cover's it's, wonderful. Um, it's, do you know, like, when I look at Joe Kubert art, I think I'm just transported to another time. Yeah, like, that's it. A, a, uh, not the golden... I want to say golden age of comics, but it's it's the bronze age. It's probably the bronze, bronze or bronze age. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. absolutely. So and yeah, it reminds me of that whole, I guess that Prince Valiant sort of stuff. And then I mean, Kubert uh, worked on Kid Colt and uh, even Ghost Rider has that Wild West feel about it, doesn't mm. it? You know, uh, or back in the day it did. So uh, and then I mean, famously Tarzan uh, that's been re-released by Dark Horse and, and some of that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's I guess it's slightly different from from some of the stuff we would normally talk about. But if you like westerns, I think this this trailer yeah. is gonna be it's gonna be for you. Yeah, I have um, completely tangent, but um, I read a Boom Studios comic um, a couple of years ago called Death Be Damned. That's a really great western yeah, for you. Yeah, I read the first couple so, of issues uh, of that. I think um, it's four issues I have. So. That might be one to recommend. I think but that I'm might really be interested one that was coming that. out. I think I was moving at the time, and I got the first two issues of it. It's yeah. There's also another one called uh, Pretty Deadly, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Oh, okay. But it's sort of a western, but with a supernatural tinge to it. Um, she wrote a few years ago, actually. It's um, I think it's Emma Del Rios on the art. Okay. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But I uh, remember Death Be Damned. I've always wanted to write the uh, the great Western comic book, so maybe that's maybe that's something to oh, think wow, about for yeah. the future for all I mean, of us. You've got a bit of time at the moment, you know. Well, I'm flat out here. With um, <laughs> flat out <laughs> with podcasts. Yeah. I think, uh, I think these originally were published between 1991 and 1995. So they were across. published. They're not. Oh uh, yeah, this is no, this is a, yeah, sort so of a complete works. Yeah, I guess they were they were published across Malibu Comics and Epic Comics. Wow. Uh, the original graphic novels were Country Mouse City Rat, uh, Rat X Malorium, and The Revolution. So because yeah, if you just three. zoom in just over the shoulder of what looks to be the main character on the front, it says Joe Kubert '91, which is when that cover was uh, oh. a cover. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So cool. Yeah. So well, there you are. I'd say we'll definitely get a few of those in the store anyway, because we do have genuine requests for Western stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I must uh, keep an eye out for that myself. Uh, back over on my side again, first one is one that Vicky has, which is one again that I would jump on, because this is a character I actually asked Keith about recently. Like, are there any good runs of this character? Just because I really love the movie appearances of him. So this is Ant-Man number one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you kind of struggled a wee bit. You were sort of a like... A wee bit. Definitive Ant-Man stories. Absolutely. Usually it's him part of the Avengers. Yeah, part sort of the Avengers. Um, I mean, because Ant-Man has, a, has, a, has one of the original Avengers. Uh, I think was originally... The original Ant-Man stuff was paired with another character, so it was mm-hmm. half a book each, you know. But then Henry Pym, Hank Pym, went through a, a, a quite, quite a change, you know, with... Uh, sort of in the seventies when he became Yellow Jacket, uh, and he he had a mental breakdown and started beating Janet and, and all that sort of stuff. His wife the Wasp. Um, but yeah, there's some great stories. Some of the the best Ant Man stories actually are Scott Lang, yeah, uh, who obviously is the Ant Man of the movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some there is some great stuff out there. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I would like to um, I would like to get into a bit of Ant Man stuff. So. I think this is going to be a five-issue mini-series. Um, so this is, as I say, Ant-Man number one. It's written by Zeb Wells. 
um, who is most well known for Nova, uh, art by Dylan Burnett. Uh, Dylan Burnett recently did art on Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel Universe, I believe, and has worked on X Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, five issue miniseries. Ant Man is back and doing better than ever, or at least according to him. But Stinger and the Antil he's living in say otherwise. So this is Scott Lang. Yeah, desperate to raise his daughter's opinion of him, Ant Man takes a job from local beekeepers only to uncover a global conspiracy that could topple the world <laughs> order. No time to call the Avengers. This sounds like a job for Ant Man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this will have a healthy dose of humor. This will, I mean, you can see just from the front cover with like beekeepers sort of trying to, you know, to go after Ant Man and Stinger. Um, you know, this will be a nice uh, all ages title, I would imagine. You know, nice bright art, bit of humor to it. Um, heroic younger character which is always a good thing coming through in comics uh, we may have to wait a while though based on previous word because Ant-Man lands in your local shop according to them in February uh, 20,220 <laughs> uh, so you might be waiting a while that one that's an alternative timeline right? yeah uh, I think they mean February 2020 uh, <laughs> so yeah I think that'll be fun uh, and again it's always good to get all ages titles into the store uh, so yeah that is Ant-Man number one my second to last pick uh, is very much not aimed at younger kids because <laughs> you could be a scholar of the level of Alan Moore and still struggle to understand this book at times <laughs> but I love the insanity of these I, I don't know if Keith's going to continue with this for example I know a couple of people mm-hmm. I know a couple of people are going to drop Green Lantern because the first season of it so to speak was maybe enough Morrison for now (laughs) but I am not going to be one of those people Uh, I'm actually really digging Green Lantern Black Stars as well first issue was great Uh, so yeah Green Lantern's back for a season 2 so I presume this will be another 12 issue miniseries same team returns Grant Morrison on writing and Liam Sharp on art and covers I think even if you don't necessarily follow the story of Green Lantern the art almost makes it worthwhile on its own I've some read the book three times for season one and I still can't tell what's happening in it. Some of the worlds the Lame Shark builds <laughs> in that, like the sheer oh, imagination yeah. and detail of the art is incredible. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to be Greenlander in season two. It's in shops February 12th, 2020. Uh, so the team of writer Grant Morrison and the artist Lame Sharp continue their bold take on the Emerald Warrior in a wild 30 page second season opener. In the wake of the Black Star incursion, Hal Jordan and his fellow Landerns must pick up the pieces from that cataclysmic conclusion. Among them is Jordan's next critical mission, search for the next generation of cosmic immortals. Is the universe ready for the Young Guardians? Uh, so yeah, I, I've dug Green Lantern. If, I mean, I always thought reading Morrison's one, the, the issues all follow the same pattern. The first five pages were like, what the hell is going on? Then it would, the penny would drop, and then you'd get it, and then the rest of the issue was good. But those first five pages were challenging, mm-hmm. and there were times you read it going like, "Am I just not clever enough to understand this or something?" But no, I really dug it, and again, I, I love the art on it. Um, so I'll I'll definitely stick with that uh, once season two begins. Uh, yeah, so that's Green Lantern season two number one. That I think that my favorite issue that was still that one where you get trapped inside the ring. Yeah, that was that was, that was, that was like a fairy tale yeah, type. Yeah, nearly Tolkien esque or something. Uh, yeah. I'm sticking with Volcano Head. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked all the auction stuff where they were auctioning off different planets and God was in it. And, you know, I, 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 for better or for worse, there's no one with an imagination. I think who's working in comics now, yeah. the Grant Morrison, the man yeah. is clearly just on another level. 
And to be able to translate his ideas into art that good is credit yeah. to Liam Sharp. It is a well. real credit. Jeff, to, on another planet. I would <laughs> love to know what the scripts look like for it. To be able to, for him to be able to go and look at a script that says, "Okay, the volcano Green Lantern does this, and then God does this," just kind of go like, "Okay, I can draw that. Yeah, no problem." I can draw it's that. Yeah. Just I don't know. How I'd be really that. curious to see the scripts from that. Yeah, really curious. Um, yep. Yeah. How about give us another Superman title? He's not on this title. His name's not on the title. He there is an S on the cover though. This is one that actually almost slipped under my radar. It's Justice League Forty One. So with the end of Scott Snyder's run on it, Justice League was something I was considering jumping off of because I felt that sometimes because when I first jumped on Justice League I was a few issues behind quite a few issues behind actually so I was reading it in bursts and I felt like something that read better is trade so I was going to consider maybe switching that to trade and then I saw that the first arc of the new writers uh, Robert Vendetti Robert Vendetti and art with Aaron Lustre and Matt Ryan is Invasion of the Superman it's involving the Justice League <coughs> calling the Eradicators to Earth Ooh. with devastating consequences. Justice League are battered by them and overwhelmed. With an enemy even more powerful than Superman, Batman and Green Lantern. It can't work without the Flash. So there will be, it will obviously be a lead on from Justice League 40, but just the fact that this was enough to bring me back to, no, I'm going to stick with single issues. I just felt it was worth, <laughs> worth warranting that it, and it may just be me and my interest in anything with an S on it, but I do love the Eradicator as a villain. I loved how he was used in Rebirth, just the the early Rebirth issues of Superman, and I'm he's been missing since uh, I think it was Revenge Superman Revenge Squad, but uh, it just looks like it's going to be great. Covers Ooh. Brian Hitch, the art, the Arthur Adams are in cover looks gorgeous. Oh, don't show me variants. <laughs> uh, particularly interesting because Martian Manhunter is right at the centre of it. Yes. So I didn't. W- I didn't want to talk too much about it because obviously with current going on in Justice League, Manhunter is a bit indisposed with being inside Lex Luthor. I couldn't reward that. <laughs> being fused with Lex Luthor. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's the Eradicators. I I think I just saw the variant for it. And uh, yeah, I think that's one I'm possibly going to be getting to. But yeah, that's my next pick. Just an, o- an ongoing, not a number one, not a one-off. But, but a jumping-on point. Yeah, I think I think it could be definitely used as a jumping-on point. Forty would probably be more of the natural jumping-on point. But maybe if someone misses forty or has just yeah. missed uh, forty, it does seem to be the beginning of another arc. Cool. That's crazy. It's at forty-one. Feels like. Yesterday, like no justice was about. It's double shilling. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. So it was the is day it? before yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if is justice. I know Batman is once Tinian takes over. Is Justice League moving back to monthly? Uh, strange enough, Batman is not going straight back to monthly. Um, I think until Batcat launches, it's staying Fortnite. Okay. And then once Batcat launches, it's going to be so Batman will come out. Then two I'm weeks later, Batman two Batman comics a month. Then two weeks later, um, well, see the thing about it is, it's I, I read an interview about this once. I was Tom Keane talking about it, but it's not just the fact that they're shipping the books, um, like comic stores rely on two yeah. marquee Batman titles a month because it's just it's a big seller. Yeah. Um, and DC are not as, as stupid as DC can be sometimes they're not stupid enough to 
make the comic stores suffer as well so they need two main headline Batman books a month guaranteed Um, so because the previous book for January that has Tinian's first couple issues there's two issues in the previous book and I think there's two issues in the next one so until Batcat starts I think it is going to be Detective they've got Detective but Detective just doesn't sell as well random like you know Um, but yeah there you go Uh, yeah go ahead Roddy give us another one your second to last pick second to last I am going to go for Marvel and it is uh, Gwen Stacy number one all these women of Peter Parker are just getting their own titles like, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. yes because there was uh, Mary Jane a couple, couple of months ago now isn't it yeah. uh, but this is a, a Gwen Stacy origin story uh, written by Christos Gage or Christos N. Gage uh, mm-hmm. as it's written here who's worked on TV series like Daredevil, Hawaii Five-O Law and Order and films like The Breed and Teenage Caveman Superior Spider-Man he's just come off the back yeah and worked on Spider-Geddon mm-hmm. and tie-ins for Civil War and World War Hulk and the artist is um, Todd Nock not sure if I'm pronouncing that right but I know he recently just did Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number mm-hmm. 13 didn't he which we talked about couple of weeks ago now Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to this Um, Gwen and Peter may not have met until Amazing Spider-Man 31 but that doesn't mean Gwen's life began on that page well that's pretty obvious right Um, (laughs) learn the never before told origin story of Gwen Stacy top of her class daughter of the police captain and as her friend Harry Osborn calls her the beauty queen of standard high but she's got but she's way more than you ever know. Gwen's got a science brain, a nose for trouble, and a no-quit attitude that always gets her in trouble. In the early Marvel Universe, that's a recipe for disaster. Don't miss Gwen, Captain Stacy, Harry, Norman Osborn, Crime Master, Wilson Fisk, Gene DeWolf, Yuri Watanabe, and, of course, even Spider-Man. So this, like, I, when, you, when I've been seeing these number ones, you're kind of like... Not so sure, but with the creative team and the the story sounds quite interesting there. So I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do, what they can bring to the origin of well, the origin we don't really know of Gwen Stacy, like these the formative years before mm. she's she meets uh, Peter Parker. It's so. interesting. It's going to be set in the, the the past of the Marvel universe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's not like they've transported her to modern times. It's no, like no. it is a throwback to the yeah, past. Cool. So interesting to see what the art looks like too, if it represents any of that. And um, yeah, hopefully a great one for maybe younger, maybe and more female readers as well. Mm. I'm uh, just looking mm. down at the announcement for that and one or two of the comments below. And one of the comments just made me laugh. It just said somewhere J. Scott Campbell's getting ready to unleash a multitude of exclusive variants. <laughs> <laughs> Love strong the women of Spidey. Um, and there is a variant cover by J. Scott Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the addition of Wilson Fisk is definitely an interesting one there, I have yeah. to say, when you were going through the, the names. Well, it was that. It was, it was, those are characters that were all uh, typical of the period. Yeah. Um, uh, right, that, that I'm sure he has something to do with Captain Stacy, maybe. Well, at that stage, Could be Wilson maybe Fisk trying was, to influence. Uh, the police force was the or? kingpin but also Wilson Fisk a simple dealer in herbs and spices 
as we all know from <laughs> Zadarsky's run. Uh, Interesting, because yeah. if I recall, Yuri, Yuri Watanabe was was a later character, a later addition. It's maybe a retcon addition to the. Uh, even Kingpin, because Kingpin first came in the Amazing Spider-Man Fifty. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting some earlier yeah, into yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. So I think that makes it very interesting. Even Inter- more interesting, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Cool. cool. So that was Gwen Stacy number one. Then we have Keith's second to last pick. Uh, dipping back into the Marvel Universe, and my it'll be my first poke at one of the 2020 um, Iron Man 2020 uh, spinoffs. Um, so there's, there's a couple of these that'll be going on. Uh, Obviously, it's all coming off the the main Iron Man book. The main Iron Man book by Dan Slott will be on hiatus during this, uh, I guess, it's a six-month period, mm-hmm. um, whenever Iron Man 2020 is going on. Still not quite sure. It's going right up to June. Yeah, still not quite sure exactly what's going on in that book that's uh, going to be written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, um, just mentioned. Um, but uh, Machine Man's a, a large part of it. And also Forceworks by... Our friend Matthew <laughs> Rosenberg, um, and uh, art by Juan and Ramirez. Um, so Forceworks, uh, if you don't know, uh, were a team uh, that were the they 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 followed the field West Coast Avengers project, ran for twenty two issues in the nineties by uh, Dan Abnett and Andy. What do you call him? Uh, no, uh, Lanning, um, and the, the West Coast Avengers were Iron Man's, Tony Stark's Iron Man's, uh, he wanted to do things differently and what they did together with this supercomputer they had and uh, Scarlet Witch's chaos powers was they, rather than, than, than stopping disasters, they prevented them, they, they figured out where things were going to happen and prevented them before they started. Some of the plot for Civil War 2. Yeah, it's very similar, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, oh. Which of course Iron Man was on the opposite side of. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> um, the, there was a lot of characters uh, involved in, in Forceworks at that time. Um, Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman, US Agent, War Machine, Wonder Man, Century, and Cybermancer. Um, so this uh, particular three issue miniseries uh, stars War Machine, Mockingbird, US Agent, and Daisy Johnson. Quick, uh, well, who we know from the Agents of Shield TV series. Um, US Agent is always interesting to see in things. He appeared in this month's issue of Cap, and uh, looks scarily like Cap on the cover. <laughs> well, I mean, US Agent was was Steve Rogers' replacement as Cap. Oh, okay. uh, so he he replaced whenever Cap, whenever Steve Rogers uh, shared the identity, but. Uh, John Walker uh, was always a much more uh, right-leaning version of Captain America. Uh, he was very much, uh, very much about justice through force. Uh, he always, you know, he had a bit of a temper issue and uh, and that. So he's he's almost like a dark reflection of Cap in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, good guys, he's, he's a, you know, uh, and 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 this issue, this month's issue of of uh, Captain America, uh, Tanahishi Coates. Uh, it's the uh, John Walker was after there, there's some cops being killed and Steve's trying to hunt them down trying to hunt down Scourge, Scourge which is the, is the killer of the cops and US agent thinks it's Cap and he comes after Cap and Cap eventually subdues 
John Walker, as I say, John just tends to barge into things, you know, he just tends to, to go in full force, you know, he's he's like the, you know, how, I guess how people now see the US military as the police force of the world, you know, that's sort of just barging in where they're not wanted and just kind of rolling over things, you know, so that's John Walker, but uh, at one stage Steve says, listen John, one day, someday, soon, you and I will sit down and have a beer and talk this out, he goes, but that's not going to be right now, <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, so yeah, Anyway, the, uh, uh, there seems to be, a, a robot revolution seems to be at the centre of Ironman 2020, and it says the eruption of a violent robot revolution threatens all manner of biological life. Teetering on the precipice of extinction, there's only one man with enough tactical skill, killer instinct and ruthless leadership to lead the rebellion. War Machine. Join War Machine and his elite paramilitary squad made up of US agent Mockingbird and Quake in the final crusade for humanity's fate. So... Looking good. Uh, lovely cover by Carlos Gomez there. That is very nice. Um, very, very nice. Yeah, be 2020 something I know not very much about. Don't really know what's going on. I don't um, know what's going on with this so uh, yet, Roddy. So be excited to see what's, yeah. what sort of... Yeah, what, we always go on about tie-ins. Are they necessary? What Are you going to follow the creators? Should you pick up just one or two? Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I mean, Rosenberg's writing, so, so he is our good we're, friend. We're in good hands. Friend of the and, store. Uh, and you can ask him more details when we speak to him soon. Brilliant. Yes, we can. Um, so, yeah. Just say to him, sell us Forceworks 2020. Nice. 2020 Forceworks, uh, one of three. Uh, my, my, my Marvel choice there. Cool. So, that was, uh, as Keith says, uh, 2020 Forceworks, uh, out February 26th. Uh, which brings us then to sort of our final picks, which we always try to sort of say are our main picks for the month. Um, again, we're conscious of the fact with anyone who listens to this, you know, you can't afford every single thing we pick every time, you know, so sometimes we have to boil it down a little into what our favourite ones are. Um, so I will start off with Vicky's one, and I think we would all agree that this is essential. Uh, if you're not on the single issues, but the trade for Once and Future, uh-huh. volume one yep. is in this month's book. Uh, this is going to collect issues one to six. Uh, as if everybody doesn't know enough about this already, but just in case you're new to the podcast, uh, just the blurb is The King is Undead. I'm oh, sorry, I should say, written by Karen Gillan, art and covered by Dan Mora. Uh, the King is Undead, Long Live the King. When a group of nationalists use an ancient artifact to bring a villain, from Arthurian myth back from the dead to gain power, ex-monster hunter Richard Maguire escapes her retirement home and pulls her unsuspecting grandson, Duncan, a museum curator, into a world of magic and mysticism to defeat a legendary threat. Best-selling writer Kieran Gillen and Russ Manning award-winning artist Dan Mora explore the mysteries of the past, the complicated truths of our history, and the power of family to save the day. Especially if that family has secret bunkers of ancient weapons and decades of experience hunting the greatest monster, Monsters in Britain's history. Uh, yeah, we we go on and on and on about this. To be honest, even though I have all the single issues, I might actually pick up the trade as well, <laughs> just to have it in my library. <laughs> and it's always easier to lend, I think, someone yeah. a trade yeah. than to pull out your single issues. So, uh, again, uh, I think we all probably would have thrown that on our <laughs> yes. list. Thanks, there. Thanks, there. Um, so yeah, that was Vicky's pick once in future trade number one, and then we finish off with my personal recommendation for the month. Um, you know we were sort of joking we have a little group chat for this podcast and when it comes to reviews and stuff like that we were joking about there being a Tom of the Week corner Uh, so this is my Tom recommendation for the month 
once again, Tom Taylor. Uh, so this is Deceased Unkillables. This is going to be a three-issue mini-series. Uh, Deceased was a big success for the store. Really well, uh, sold really well. Um, the critical reception to it was really great. Everyone dug it. It was fun. It was uh, funny. It was uh, just a really cool take on sort of the DC version, I suppose, of Marvel Zombies. But uh, what this is going to be is a three-issue mini-series. And the writer, Tom Taylor, of course, uh, different artist on it from uh, Deceased, because I know it was Trevor Harrison was the mm -hmm. main artist. This one's going to be a collaboration between Carl Mostair and Trevor Scott. Uh, so, for Deceased Unkillables, the blockbuster DC series returns to answer this question. What did the villains do when the heroes failed and the world ended? So this spins out of uh, the main Deceased. Um, this returns to this dark world with a street level tale of death, heroism and redemption. Led by Red Hood and Deathstroke, DC's hardest villains and anti-heroes fight with no mercy to save the only commodity left on a dying planet of the undead life. So, yeah. Again, you had me at Tom Taylor. Um, <laughs> well, at this point, you're not going to have Tom King anymore. So. At this point, well, Tom King will be, you know, coming up with Batcat and Strange Adventures, so 2020 will be good for Tom King stuff as well. But uh, yeah, the cease was great. I loved it. And I think they're doing more Matina covers as well. They're going to do the exact same thing they did with Deceased. Uh, so you're going to have um, Matina covers. They revealed two so far. One was Red, Cheetah, Cheetah, and then Red and one Hood. was Red Hood. And they've revealed one movie variant cover, which is Wonder Woman, but with the eyes of Pennywise. Deceased. Which looks great. One thing I should say, just if you do listen to the podcast and have pull lists with us, when Deceased ended, uh, it came off everybody's pull lists. So if they do want Deceased on Killables, they do have to let us know. It's not a case of, we will never in the store just put something on your list because it's related to a title you were on. We always like to get that permission of, oh yes, I would like that. So... Uh, with Deceased Unkillables, if you let us know if you want it, and also the variants should be easy to get, so if you prefer yeah. movie variants or you prefer Matina, I know you were Matina, weren't well, you? I went with Matina variants, um, and it will be the same again this time around. So just uh, just let us know. So that they're is double-sized issues, aren't they? Yeah, I believe they're 40 pages each issue. So it's it's pretty much another six issues. It's probably going to be At least be five, yeah, all yeah. together. It'll run roughly it's, the same length. It's kind of interesting, you know, the Superman villains and Deceased Unkillables... Is that all that part of this year of the villain thing that you know where they're all they're, they're pushing the villain stuff? Mm. You know, it, it could be. It could be. I mean, in a world where uh, Joker is possibly DC's most successful movie of all time, maybe they want to focus on the villains. We'll mm -hmm. see. But uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my main choice for the month, and yeah, I will really really look forward to that. That is deceased Unkillables number one. Killing what Superman pick is yours of the month? Is a Batman tick. <laughs> I mean, it's Batman and Superman, but there's Batman there. No, it's Batman Superman number seven. The reason this is my main pick is because for some reason I had it in my head that Batman Superman was a six issue mini. So when I saw this solicited, I was really confused. I thought maybe it was just a one shot extra or they had done what they'd done with Batman Who Laughs and just thrown on an extra issue. To the point where I tweeted Josh, I need to stop tweeting writers. Tweeted Joshua Middleton. Joshua Williamson. It's getting a wee bit stuck. Where, where are my tweets? I talk face to face with I mean, as long <laughs> as I get that extra. As long as you tweet the right creator, of course. Yeah, I've gotten better at that. I didn't tweet the Pope this time. <laughs> no. So I tweeted Joshua Williamson, and apparently he was getting the question frequently enough that he felt the need to make a separate tweet to confirm that apparently Batman Superman has be always been an ongoing. 
Hi, I missed this. I'm not sure, but I'm over the moon about it. <laughs> so Joshua Williamson saying on to write, but art is being taken over by Nick Darrington. Mostly known from Ooh, Batman okay. Universe recently. And also known from me mixing up with Mixture Reds. But I'm not going <laughs> to... I can't yeah. go back to tagging the right creators. <laughs> yeah. that'll, that'll be really interesting because... Um, I haven't read it, but you guys like absolutely wax lyrical about this book and the previews, and I know and the reviews. Mm-hmm. I know the art in the first series has been fantastic, so I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. So yeah, for this, it's a new arc. It's going to follow the aftermath of the Infected, which is Batman and Superman versus the Batman who laughs and his team of Infected heroes. And it's going to follow Superman and Batman try to create new measures to prevent hidden and dangerous supervillain plots in the future. So obviously the reaction to Batman who laughs has spurned these two guys to go, hang on a second, we need to be better prepared than we were before. What um, uh, what Joshua Williams has done is effectively he has brought back World's Finest. Yes, that's what he's very doing. much. And I love <laughs> how he writes Batman and Superman. Yeah, yeah. They're written as, yeah, they're friends, but at the same time there's still that level of you don't totally trust me and you don't totally trust me but uh, I don't I don't it's not uh, yeah. as severe as some writers make it and it's almost a joke between them that it's not I don't think it's a lack of trust I think it's they both have they have different ways they have their yeah. own methods and they're aware that eh, one bad dose of red kryptonite Superman might accidentally plow through the earth Ooh. or you know Batman's a bit sad he might I don't know run over a pigeon or something but yeah it's it's gonna be Batman Superman versus Rachel Ghoul and General Zod two of my favourite villains and I'd, I'm particularly glad about that because I'm glad it's not Lex and Joker which sometimes to me the go-to's for some some people it's it's nice to see no it is I mean I, do, I think there's a danger of overusing yeah, particularly the Joker at the moment plus it'll be interesting to see how Zod's brought in with how Superman's being written at the minute with yeah. how his arc he's establishing new Krypton it's nice to see it being brought back too but be interesting and how he's getting in touch with Rachel Ghoul will be interesting as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah very much looking forward to that yeah, and no, Nick, Nick Darrington's art is going to as as much as the art the current art in 1 to 6 is beautiful Nick Darrington is also just worthy success, a worthy success Joshua Williams is on it I'm good to go yeah, definitely. The fact that writer writer is changing or isn't changing is a big big sell. And of course, there's an Andy Kubert variant for issue seven. Yes, there is, and it is rather nice. It is. Um, but yeah, that is my main pick for February twenty twenty. Batman Superman number seven, an ongoing title. <laughs> Andy Kubert, who of course has been doing Superman up in the sky. But will um, that yeah. is a beautiful variant? It is a rather nice variant. There. The, the Kubert name has come up a couple of times this evening. Yeah, it, yeah. Has. it has. Um, cool. So yeah, Batman Superman number seven. Roddy, what is your pick for the month? So I've gone well for me a little bit further afield. I we sometimes talk about how um, there's not enough comics for younger readers, mm-hmm. and so I've gone with a one of DC's young adult titles um, so DC pretty much closed the doors on a lot of their imprints recently I know I we talked about how there was they used to have like a lot of kind of imprints um, but now we just have Black Label the main line and young DC animal. Inc nope. and Young Animal too so there's still quite a bit um, so they've they've done a few they've released a few um, young adult titles recently 
Um, they are, well, Mira Tiebreakers 1, Under the Moon, A Catwoman Tale, Teen Titans Raven. Oh, yeah, yeah. All by, like, fantastic creators. There was uh, Batman and Nightwalker as well. And uh, there's a few, there's a Wonder Woman one coming in January as well. But the one I am going to go for, which Keith will probably love, mm-hmm. it's called The Lost Carnival, a Dick Grayson graphic novel. I'm just looking at it now, and you're right, I love the cover, the real, the Art Deco it's, cover is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Great Gatsby inspired cover, yes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's written by Michael Morecki, who's done a lot of stuff. I know he's done Star Wars stuff, he did. Uh, Roche Limit for Image. He's also worked on a lot of Vault titles. One called The Plot, and there's another. There's definitely a Star Wars one that I've seen inspired one. Wasted Space, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the artist I don't know too much about. Um, it's called Sass Millage. She's a female artist who's done. I know she was recently on Buffy. She did like fill in work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it might be number seven. Um, don't know if that's out yet. Ah, but um, okay, I, I, I tried for the name there. But I've got, I've got, uh, <laughs> you I've just got looked up the essay. Essay. I looked up the essay as <laughs> mileage. Yeah, <laughs> she is Australian. Mm. Uh, so she is um, from Melbourne. But yeah, she's done. She's done a lot of. Um, she's done a title called Zephyr. She's got an upcoming graphic novel coming out for Boom in 2020 called Mimon. So um, yeah, really looking forward to this Lost Carnival. Um, What's the deal with it? I'll read you the blurb. So before he met Batman, Dick Grayson discovered the power of young love and a staggering cost at the magical Lost Carnival. Haley's traveling circus no longer has the allure of its glamorous past, but it still has one main attraction, the Flying Graysons, a family of trapeze artists featuring a teenage Dick Grayson. The only problem is that Dick loathes spending his summers performing tired routines for dwindling crowds. When the Lost Carnival opens nearby and threatens to pull Haley's remaining customers, Dick is among those drawn to its nighttime glow. But there are ancient forces at work at the Lost Carnival, and when Dick meets a mysterious Louisiana and her nomadic family, he may be too mesmerized to recognize the danger ahead. Beneath the carnival's dazzling fireworks, Dick must decide between who he is and who he wants to be, choosing, choosing either loyalty to his family history or a glittering future with new friends and romance. Um, author Michael Morecki and illustrator Sass Millage will suspend readers from a tightrope in this graphic novel, redefining Dick Grayson for a new generation. So this one, it reminds me of one of my favorite books called The Night Circus, which is about a traveling carnival who mm-hmm. only show up at night for a couple of days in a town. Um, it's a, got a really attractive glow and allure for the uh, main protagonist. But I just thought this was, this is was really important because we always kind of talk about getting new readers into comics and how, you know, that to me... Maybe it's like in between young adults and teenage. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite seen enough of the art to really see that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just think, um, I don't know if you'll agree, Keith, but I think Dick Grayson, teenage Dick Grayson, yeah. might be a, the character to bring. Yeah, like a gateway into, character. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I mean, the 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 Halley's Circus stuff has been featured in Nightwing quite recently. Um, mm-hmm. In the last issue, where. Uh, they're 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 messing with his memories and stuff, you know, and that that whole period where he was the the star attraction of the Flying Graysons and yeah yeah I mean uh, yeah interesting he's always there's always a choice on the horizon for for Dick <laughs> you know he's always 
you know one thing or other yeah cool there's um i really like the art if you you look it up online um and there's I think they're releasing a couple of other titles around the same time. There's Shadow of the Batgirl and do, 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 Gotham High. So definitely teen-centered books. So yeah, definitely check them out. Cool. And a DC pick for me, DC and Marvel. So uh, can't ask for anything else than that. So my pick of the month uh, for uh, for February 2020 also features Michael Moretti and on art or on, on, on radio oh, wow. alongside Joshua Williams and Jeff Jones Marv Wolfman uh, Francis Manipal and others um, we're looking at Flash number 750 which is a prestige format 80 page one shot and is going to ship with and I know Alan is just going to love this 10 covers oh I love the, the I love the style of covers 1950s yeah. 1960s wow. 70s 80s 90s what I will say is that all of the bearing covers there is a hell of a lot of good artists there mm-hmm. that's an annoyingly yeah. good list of artists 1950s Gary Frank now that he's got all that free time there's Nick Darrington <laughs> in the 60s Delato in the 80s mm-hmm. yeah. Tina in the 90s Jim Lee the 2000s it's nice to see Francis Manipal actually do the 2010s yeah. because I'm a big big fan of the new 52 Flash which yeah, Manipal similar. drew off Pulu did the twenty tens yeah, for Detective, and then you see the uh, and then you see the refraction. Uh, then you see the cover A with uh, by Hard Porter, and you think, oh god, right, that's awesome in itself. That's not too shabby itself. No. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful colours in that. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of artists on it who have been drawn from throughout uh, the run, the, the the Joshua Williamson run, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragana, Scott Collins, Stephen Segovia. David Marquez, Brian Hitch, Francis Manipal, Riley Rossimo, and others. So, this is beginning the Flash Age. It's a story that uh, Williamson has been building towards over the last thirty issues or so, mm. um, uh, from since issue fifty. Uh, while a supercharged Speed Force wreaks havoc on Barry Allen's life, a new threat appears on the horizon in the form of the Deadly Paradox. Paradox is a villain that has been hinted at. Yeah, he so hasn't been fully revealed yet. Has no, he? Uh, he he was he was hinted at in Fifty, the mysterious mm-hmm. villain who seems to be at the center of a lot of the stuff that's been happening to Flash. A lot of stuff that's Did been happening hyper time to yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff's been happening to Wally actually. Um, okay, he was responsible for part of the, the the reason that Wally ended up in the sanctuary. Yes. Uh, but he says, destined to destroy Flash's legacy, Paradox sends his herald, Godspeed, to trap the Flash family. Plus, Ooh, in this fish, yeah, well, Godspeed was the agent yes. of Paradox in that issue, issue 50. Plus, in this special anniversary, tales from across the generations of super speedsters and an all, from an all eight star dog. All star lineup of writers and artists. Uh, that is the 26th of February, uh, 7.99 cover price, 80 pages. So and, uh, 10 covers to choose from. This is coming out in the same vein as Action 1000, Detective 1000, and Wonder Woman yeah. 750. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it's it's starting a story called Flash Edge, which uh, I believe will be uh, continuing. Uh, let me see flash forward interesting because obviously action detective went back to print numbers and then hit 1000 and continued on with that will flash and wonder woman keep maybe like a legacy numbering like marvel did i don't know i i think that you know we we obviously made this big deal about tom king doing 100 issues of batman joshua williamson's got a shot at 100 of flash so Mm -hmm. i would Mm -hmm. say keep it going rather than reverting back you know um 
You know, you never know because you know DC's a weird, wonderful mm. place sometimes. That's something that I'm excited for. But my problem is that long list of variants. <laughs> so, as I said, with with action, I got um, I started off with cover A and a blank variant, and I have the decades. I have Faber cover. I have Delato. I am the target audience for that list of variants. Mm-hmm. The Come fact on. that yeah, Nicholas Scott, Gary Frank, Nick Darrington, I'm not actually familiar with. Jose Luis Garcia, Garcia Lopez, you should be. He's a big surprise. Alrighty, oh, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. February's going to be a good month. Yeah, absolutely. We've got DC, DC's done Killables. Yeah. We have, uh, what was that? Batman Superman, Flash 750. As much as we said at the start, we maybe struggled a little bit with the books. I still think. The quality of it's there. Yeah, it's maybe yeah, not. Maybe not as much. That's to pick 20, from, twenty-five books we've been through. So yeah, yeah. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> we live. The, the we pull live. list will be all right. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, so yeah, so plenty of good stuff there. As as we've said, we've done this in sort of a, a slightly different way this month. Just uh, Roddy and uh, Keith are both heading off to the sun separately. I should say. Well, I'm uh, not going to the sun. You know, I think, said, I think you said that before, and I, I was did, like, "Yeah, I beg your pardon. You're yeah, going on more of an adventure type. You know, a couple of days to, in the city, a couple of days in the city. Going to the winter where it's, I think it's minus one in Vienna, and I'm um, also going to Bratislava. So no, no sun. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be sun, but it'll be winter. Don't sun. worry, Keith. will take all the sun. We'll yeah. hopefully take all the sun. <laughs> uh, yeah, as absolutely. he relaxes in sunny Spain. Sunny Spain. Where, where are you going, Belfast? Uh, I'm going to uh, Unit Seventeen Eighteen uh, Smithfield Market. <laughs> to Lisbon Road yeah. uh, <laughs> cut off dates for this previews so the previews order will be due by the 20th of December I believe um, so obviously we've got the podcast here as a resource we'll I'll write up all the titles on the board we've got our new po- um, we've got our new preview section where there's sheets if there's anything that interests you feel free to take them home fill them out drop them into us uh, the previews books will be available in store and again, there might be a future reviews podcast where we maybe circle back a little tiny bit in case something else has piqued our interest. Yeah, Because yeah. we have done Definitely. this a little differently just to make sure we got it out before, uh, as I say, the guys are away. So, uh, yeah, tons of good stuff. Good time to be a DC fan with that one. We have said a few times it swings and roundabouts. Yes. You know? Definitely. I'd say Marvel had the stronger um, January in terms of starting mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. I think DC have a lot of good ones this month. So, uh, yeah. Uh, where can we find a store on social media as ever find us on Facebook's always our main one although we're on Twitter a lot as well Instagram uh, as ever just call into the store is the, is the best resource where is the store the store is in Smithfield Market <laughs> back at Castle Court and uh, yeah we'll be there six days a week and in fact we'll be there seven days a week in December as we will be open Sundays as well one o'clock to five o'clock wow cool. so Alan doesn't get a day off for a month Yes, but I get Sundays off now so I will be in to annoy you excellent I look forward to it <laughs> uh, with regard to the podcast if you uh, if you have a, a review uh, capacity on whatever application you listen to the podcast on then please take the option to to, uh, to to give us a star rating to subscribe to the podcast and maybe leave a review if you can't like me uh, find that capacity on your <laughs> application then I suggest going to Apple Podcasts where you can and just uh, doing that just makes it a lot easier for for people to find us yeah, um, yeah. I guess if you look back along the thread the last couple of podcasts you'll find are the reviews for uh, week 3 of yep of uh, November and also our old guard book club yep 
Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, all the podcasts are free. There's the full library there going right back to when I was doing it myself uh, <laughs> before these guys very, very kindly jumped on with us. Um, there's there's tons of content there, you know, lots of book clubs, lots of good stuff. Hopefully it's a, a good resource for people to discover new stories. And hopefully with the podcast moving forward, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about it in the reviews one, but, you know, we're going to have an upcoming interview with uh, Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, we had talked to Clay certainly about it while he was here. We're, we'll look forward to another reset up with him. And again, we want we want the podcast to reach as many people as possible. So we're going to try and get as much cool content on there. So if you do like what we do, feel free to tell a friend about it. You know, share it, whatever else. Every every bit does help, um, which in turn helps the store. Uh, yes. So that's the idea, isn't it? Spread the word. Spread our message. Absolutely. Spread the love. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that is uh, going to be us for our December twenty nine previews book. Again, these are the releases due in February twenty twenty. Uh, the next time I see you boys you'll be back from holiday no maybe depending on the elastic time we have yeah. to work with <laughs> we might get a wee podcast in there well, might just, we will see how it goes but uh, no, cheers again guys and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed and again anything appeals to you let us know thank you very much Jens good fun indeed yeah. and uh, we're back on form with a half-twelve finish. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Good night. <laughs> Just like old times. <laughs>